Father, we thank you for this morning. We ask that you, you breathe upon your word in our ears and in our hearts. Let your word fall on good ground and let it bear good fruit. Let your word fall on good ground and let it bear good fruit. Let your word fall on good grounds and let it be a good fruit. Let it be a good fruit. In Jesus' powerful name, we pray. Amen. All right, this morning, by the help of the Holy Spirit, I'm talking on how God lifts his men. I'm talking on how God lifts his men. How God lifts his men. And we're going to be using a man in the Bible as a case study, a very popular man called Joseph. We know the story of Joseph, how he was about to rise in his house in the gift of dreams and visions. And the brothers made an insurrection against him and sold him out. And he was in the pit. And some of us have come through, or we are still in this process, you found yourself being hated by everybody around you, everybody in church, everybody in the family. And right now it looks like you are in the pit. But suddenly the Lord took him out and despite all being sold to Ishmael and all of that, and he found himself in the house of a man called Potiphar. And I would like to continue from that point. And I wanted to understand something, that God's plan is always perfect. God knows how to use even our mistake for his own glory. If you are very conversant with the Bible, you would remember the name Ishmael. Ishmael came out of a woman called Hagar. The woman called Hagar was the house help of Abraham and Sarah, when Abraham couldn't get pregnant, when Abraham's wife couldn't get pregnant, the wife suggested that the husband have intercourse with the maid and get her pregnant so that they will have a seed. And Abraham slept with the woman. She got pregnant and gave birth. And Sarah became jealous and asked Abraham to throw her out, which he obeyed, threw her out and... The woman, I guess she died, Ishmael grew up, became a group of people, became a group of traders and all that, slave buyers. Years later, Joseph now, Abraham now gave birth to Isaac, 
who gave birth to Jacob, who gave birth to Joseph. Years later, the same Ishmael that was thrown away, his, his grandchild now bought Isaac's grandchild. I don't know if you're getting the story. <laughs> his grandchild now bought Isaac's grandchild and transported him into the place of destiny. So even in the era of Abraham, God had a plan. All right? Even in the errors of Abraham, God had his own plan and he used it to work things out for the man called Joseph. And today we are still in that same mistake. We are still in that same error. Listen, that does not make the error a good thing. God only chose to use the error. Listen, every time God wants to move, he uses every tool available for his own favor. Every time God wants to move, every tool available, God uses them for his, his own favor. He uses them for his own work. God can use Satan now. God can use anything, anything. God can use anything for his own favor. So God had to use that orchestration and to create a favorable situation that would bring about a fulfillment of a young man's destiny. And I know there is someone under the sound of my voice right now that is in a situation where you look as if you are about to get to the end god is creating an unfavorable situation and using it to bring you to the place of light the lord is bringing you to a place of victory and bringing you to a place of testimony in the mighty name of jesus all right now let's get into the study now, how God lifts his men. Listen to me. I've been privileged to enjoy the hand of God. I've been privileged to test the good and the bad side of life in my own little capacity and my little age. I've been privileged to see God come through where it doesn't look like it. I've been privileged to minister to people who they are at the point of hopelessness, total surrender. People who everything looks like it can't be possible anymore, but God turned it around. And there's been examples in scriptures and other testimonies around that we can look at them and say that, yes, God is good. But unfortunately, I've still been privileged to see the church and the people of the church still being plagued by the same affliction of always being at the bottom, of always being at the back, of always depending on the people of the world for survival. It has happened in the Bible. It has happened in our world. If it is happening in our community and our government system today, we are still depending on the world for survival. So it means that there is still a problem that we have not been able to identify and create a permanent and lasting solution to. But I want to focus on the part of how God lifts his men. So Joseph, from the place of being sold out as a slave, we read of the story how he became a prime minister suddenly. 
From the place of being rejected by his family and brothers, he came to a place of becoming one of the most prominent, not one of the, he became the most prominent man in Egypt. That in the days of famine, he was the only one people could count on and look up to. So God still have his structure of lifting his men. Now, let's go through the scripture, Genesis 39 from verse 1. We'll take it down to 3. Genesis 39 from verse 1 down to 3. Genesis 39 from verse 1 down to 3. It said, and Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelite, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph. Notice now, the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. All right. Now look at this. The same Joseph who was a slave, the same Joseph who was sold, the same Joseph who oh, was rejected and abandoned, hated by his family, now was being bought by an unbeliever and sold to another unbeliever. Don't forget what I told you, that believers have a system of always falling into the hand of unbelievers for survival. Ishmaelites were the one that bought him. Sold him to another unbeliever, an Egyptian called Potiphar. We always know how to sell our own, but that's not my, my contest right now. My contest now is this. Despite Joseph being sold as a slave, the Lord was still with him. Number one way, number one tool, number one element that God used to lift his people is his presence. We're looking at how God lifts his men. Number one is his presence. Hear me. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you are going through. Don't let what you are going through decide and judge whether God is still with you or not. That you have no food to eat should not bring you to the place you begin to query God. That you have no job does not should not bring you to the place where you begin to query God. That you are not married does not bring, should not bring you to the place where you begin to query God. Understand that God is bigger than what you are going through. What you should be looking out for is what God is doing in the midst of what you are going through, not if God still exists. Come to a point where you settle in your mind that God is with you. Come to that point. That your prayers have not seen answer in your own contest does not mean is God still alive? Did you, did you plan to kill him? Is God still in heaven? Did you plan to dethrone him? You must have it fixed that God is still there. God is still there. God is still working. So how do you explain a man was taking, his brothers were planning about him to kill him. They took him, put him in a pit, 
God is quiet. Brought him out, sold him to Ishmaelite. God was quiet. Carried him, sold him to Egypt. And Rabbi said, God was with him. What are you saying? God, if you are with me, how come I'm going through what I'm going through? There are times God will need your challenge to bring you to the place of answer. God is not the one that allowed it to be, that brought it in the first place. But God knows how to use whatever you go through. But the problem we have is the moment we shut down our brain and begin to put blames. I understand there are foundational powers. I believe in it. I pray against it. I understand there are witches. I believe in it. I pray against it. I understand there are enemies. But the moment they become your factor for not succeeding, then you are part of your problem. Why are you not succeeding? Ah, my father's house. Why are you not getting married? Ah, the witch in my father. They say my grandmother said I cannot get married. They said, what are you saying? And what is God saying? What has God's word said? Are you telling me your grandmother's voice and statement is now stronger than God's voice in your life? Don't stop arguing the fact that God is with you. You must settle this in your heart, that God is with you. I was said in Colossians that Christ in us is the hope of glory. He is there. He goes nowhere. Oh, pastor, I'm broke. God is with you. Ah, but I'm not married. He's there. So despite Joseph being a slave, God is with him. The Bible said, listen, the hand of God upon Joseph was too obvious. I'm sure Joseph, like most of us, is not even aware. The hand of God upon Joseph was too obvious that Potiphar knew uh, read, read that scripture again. And his master, Potiphar, an Egyptian, knew that the Lord, a man who does not serve the Lord, knew that the Lord was with a man who served the Lord, and yet the man was suffering. There are a lot of you listening to me. The witch in your family knows that God is with you. There are a lot of you listening to me. The wizard in your, around your house knows that God is with you, but you are not even aware. You are not aware. I've given this story severally. A man of God who was married for years, child wasn't coming forth. He would pray for people, they would get pregnant, but he was not getting pregnant. And the wife, having a very terrible friend, recommended her, said, there's a, a place I can send you to. They will do something for you. You will get pregnant and all of that. And the woman said, I can't go. I'm a Christian. Say, you are there. You are not getting pregnant. You are wasting time. And all that. after a lot of pressure, the woman succumbed, went to the husband. The man said, I'm a pastor. I can't go to any place. I have to say, no, it's a prayer place. My friend said, he said, I'm not going. The woman pressures the man until the man surrendered and went there. While they got there, the man who was in charge shouted from the inside, stop there. And they stopped. He said, no, not both of you. He told the wife and the other woman, he said, not both of you. Both of you come inside. They came in. He said, you, which is the pastor, tell the people following you to go back. And the pastor looked back and said, there's nobody following me. I'm alone. The two women said, he's alone. He said, no. Tell the people following you to go back. The man said, after a lot of argument, the wife said, okay. Tell them, just turn. Tell them to go back. And the pastor said, okay. He turned, oh yeah, all of you following me. Go back. And the man said, okay. Oh yeah, come. And he made him pass under 
something that was tied and did some things on him, the pastor became unconscious. And he said, you have been praying against us for years. You have been fighting us for years. Why you were coming? You were coming with a group of angels. They were following you with fire and sword all around. So today, we have finally captured you. And that was how the pastor was killed in the shrine of the witch doctor. So he, he has now um, used his circumstance to judge the move of God upon his life. Lots of you now, because you are, you are going through one difficulty or the other, you have now come to conclude yourself that God is not with you. You have come to conclude yourself that God is not with you. But unbelievers, when witches come around you, they see so much fire. When the devil come around you, he's afraid, he's falling. When occultic people come around you, they are running. In fact, some of you, you even pray for people and they tell you, ah, after you pray for me, I got blessed, but you are not blessed. Some of you, you come in contact with people, you give them counsel, they tell you, ah, after you advise me, hey, there's peace in my marriage, everything that is about you, your marriage is, is in chaos. And you begin to ask God, God, where are you? God did not go anywhere. Listen, I told us, I said, the first thing God used to lift his man is his presence. The Bible spoke about Joseph and said that whatever that was put in his hands prospered. Whatever that was put in his hand. He said whatever his master put in his hands prospered. The Lord made all that he did to prosper in the hands of Joseph. So one of the things the presence of God does in your life is that nothing dies in your hand. Nothing dies in your hand. The sign of the divine presence, nothing dies in your hand. For a lot of us, we are not able to channel this same presence to becoming productive to us. I think 90% of people listening to me now are civil servants. Some of you are handling departments at your workplace, handling a particular sport at your workplace that your boss have said it severally. In fact, some of you know, why some of you, you have been told that, ah, since you took over that department, things have been working. You are very good at that spot. Those who are under you, they are always clapping for you. They are always celebrating you. So nothing is dying in your hand. But the issue now is that your hand is not in your own vocation. Your hand is in somebody's business. I don't know if you are getting me. Your hand is still carrying Potiphar's business. So what is prospering in your hand, the benefit is going back to Potiphar. I would like you to be interactive with me this morning if you are, if you are if I'm making sense to you at all. Nothing dies in your hand. You know the department is working, the group is working, the, it's working, it's working, but your hand is still in Potiphar's business. So at the end of the month, Potiphar gives you a salary. And the brain that Potiphar used to carry out the business was your brain. The presence, what, what you are going to charge this morning, what you are going to carry this morning, tomorrow you are going to put it back on to Potiphar. The presence is an atmosphere of blessing. 
The presence of God is an atmosphere of blessing. It's a magnetic field for great opportunities. You must be able to recognize that the Lord is with you and utilize it. Be able to recognize God's presence and utilize it. Do you sense God's hand upon your life? Do you know when your season shifts? Do you know how to utilize the shifted seasons? A lot of us, what we do, we, what we do is religion. We are our brain, like I said earlier, our brain is blocked. Our brain is blocked. Our brain is blocked. It's not flowing. Our wisdom pipe has been blocked. It's not flowing. A lot of us don't even know God's hand is upon us. A lot of us don't even know that our seasons, when it changes, a lot of us don't even know how to utilize the, utilize the seasons that change. Look at Joseph now. A lot of us are in this same picture. We'll read the story. We'll say, ah, the hand of God is upon him. But hold on. How can the hand of God be so mighty upon you and you are still asleep? What happened to you? What is wrong with you? If you are still thinking I'm talking to Joseph, then you are missing it. I'm talking to you and I. How can the hand of God be so strong upon you and you are still a slave? What, how, 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 what is wrong? Listen, it's an error for you to carry divine presence and things are dying in your life. And there are some of you, you have confirmed it. Nothing dies in your hand. You have What I'm saying now is not strange to you. You have confirmed it. Nothing dies in your hand. You have confirmed it. Joseph was a kind of man that if Joseph becomes your friend, you must prosper. And some of you, you have found yourself in that picture. I'm, I'm like that. Oh, you can't be around me. If you are struggling, you are your problem. I don't need to give you money. I don't need to give you anything. If you are around me, you are under me, you are following me, and you you certain things are not working, then you are your own problem. I've tested it. I've proven it. I've discovered it. Something is wrong with you. It's not me. No, 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 it's not me. It's you that is the problem. I've, I've seen it over time. I've seen it over time. I've seen it over time. So, imagine you understanding now that nothing dies in your hand and yet you are still a slave and yet you are still suffering and yet, and look at this now, people in this condition, do you know what they do? Don't forget, we are, not talk we are talking about Joseph, but we are not talking about Joseph, we are talking about you. What you, you do now is, Father, deliver me out of the hand of Potiphar. You are in the house of Potiphar. Potiphar have seen the hand of God upon you, that everything he gives to you prospers. Potiphar has given you everything in his house to take care of, and you are still asking God to deliver you from the hand of Potiphar. What happened to your wisdom pipe? What is wrong with your brain? What happened to our brain? What is wrong? Father, deliver me. So what we are feeling and what we are saying is that our deliverance has not come. It is yet to come. 
if you have if you have, if you have followed the class on the believer's authority, you should be able to connect what I'm talking about right now to the believer's authority. You are still waiting that your deliverance will come. You are still waiting that your breakthrough will come, that your freedom will come. But your hand, nothing dies. Even the unbelievers know now that, man, this guy is so anointed. This woman is so anointed. This woman is so fruitful. They know. They know. So what is now the problem? You carry so much presence. Some of you now, by the reason of the kind of impartation you have received, if they put you in a crowd of 20 persons to pray for them, demons will flee. Demons will flee. The place will scatter. If they put you in some church today to do service, you will scatter the church. You Even the pastor will be under his chair manifesting. But yet you are stranded. But yet you are in bondage. But yet you cannot parent. Yet you can't feed. Yet you have no business to your name. Yet you can't even pay children's school fee. So what is the problem? And there are few sets of believers who I think they don't even know where they belong. A believer that some things are still dying in their hand. Nothing prospers in your hand. A believer. A believer. Where is God's presence? A believer. Things still die in your hand. They give you business, it will close. They give you money, it will scatter. They give you relationship, it will not stand. They give, things are still dying. What, where, where are you coming from? Where are you going to? Where are you operating from? Do you know who you are already? Do you know what lives in you and who lives in you? Do you know who died for you? Do you know the price that was paid on the cross because of you? Do you know somebody ended his life for you to live? And yet nothing prospers in your hand. Not business, not job, nothing. There's nothing. If they give you a million dollars now, before one year, that money will be lost. Psalm chapter 1, 1 to 3. Psalm chapter 1, 1 to 3. Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. The presence of God, one of the benefits of God's presence, one of the benefits of God's presence is that nothing should die in your hand. Nothing should die. If a business was not working, you entered it, it should begin to work. All my days of pastoring, I have this track record. Any church that was not working, just sent Pastor Nobet there. Till I, till I resigned, the testimony is there. Ah, um, things are not working. Say, if Pastor Nobet was there, things work. Hey, that's Pastor Nobet. I'm, I'm, I'm not Pastor Nobet. The, the song we say, he has the money. They think it's money. Listen, it's not money. No, it's the presence. He has the money. You know how to. One said he has the mouth. You know how to talk to. You know how to talk to people. No, all of those things are proofs and signs of the presence. How do they employ you in an office? Can I get my scripture? Psalm chapter one, one to three. How do they employ you in an office, and the department begin to suffer because of you? Even if it was suffering, for the fact that you now entered, there should be a change. How can somebody marry you and become poor? How, 
How can somebody help you and they enter problem? Look at what he said. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf shall not wither. Look at the last part. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Whatsoever he doeth, nothing dies in the hand of that man. And look at where the presence began from was from verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That is a sign of God's presence. But listen now, he's giving you the principle of what brings God's presence. Number one, it's a blessed man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. You must remove your hands from anything that is ungodly, sin, disobedience, anger, mildness, unforgiveness, and all of it. He said, don't be part of it and don't support those. Don't support those who do it. Uh, me, I won't do, uh, but I, I will. let me just support you. I won't do. I won't lie, but um, um, okay, I will tell them that you didn't do it. And you know that the person did it. And he said, that is not enough. While you withdraw yourself from evil. Verse 2, your delight must be in the law of the Lord. Meditate on the word. Stay on the word and prayer. Meditate on the word and prayer. He said, such man carries God's presence. The man become like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit. He said, whatever that man does, nothing dies in his hand. If things are dying in your hand, we should be asking you a question. Whose presence do you carry? Whose presence do you carry? I speak to someone under the sound of my voice. From today, Nothing dies in your hand. From today, nothing dies in your hand. Not business, not marriage, not relationship, not your career, not nothing, nothing. Anything that enters your hand becomes productive. Nothing dies in your hand. The moment you sense this grace of God upon you, the moment you sense this presence, you must learn how to utilize it. It's an error for things to be spoiling. It's an error. It's an error. It's an error. It's an error. Number two, how does God lift his men? Number two is his favor. Number two is his favor. The same Genesis 39, 4 and 6. Genesis 39, 4 and 6. And get ready for me, Exodus 3, 21. Daniel 1, verse 9. Psalm 102, verse 13. Just give me Genesis 39 from verse 4 to 6 first. Look at this now. God has set structures to lift you and to keep you lifted. Rising and falling is not part of God's plan for you. Struggle is not part of God's plan for you. Look at the same Joseph now. And Joseph found grace in his sight 
and he served him. And he made him overseer over his house. He's talking about Potiphar now. Potiphar made Joseph overseer. Note this. Do you know what overseer is? Eh? If you don't understand overseer, understand general overseer. I'm just joking now. General overseer is, the, is in control of the whole church. And that all that he had, he put in his hand. This is a servant. He put all that he had in the hand of Joseph. Everything. The money, the car key, the house key, the food, everything he put in his hand. Verse 5. And it came to pass from that time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had. That the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Ha! Ah. Ah. And the blessings of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. Verse 6, and he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not all he had. Save, can I get verse 6? Verse 6 is not complete. Repose it quick, quick, quick. Repose verse 6. Save the bread which he did eat, and Joseph was a goodly person. And well favored. So the favor of God is part of God's structure to deliver his people in time of crisis and struggle. To lift you out of every tough time. But listen, listen to me. You must understand how to disperse and dispatch and utilize this favor. Now let's go back to analyze this scripture. He said Joseph was made an overseer. That Potiphar entrusted everything in his house to Joseph's hand. Right? And everything in the house of Potiphar, Bible stated it, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. But in the context of all this, Joseph was still a slave. Does this make sense? We are still going back to the same topic of you. You are putting your, the thing is you are putting in your hand that is working. Where is the profit going to? The thing is that you are putting your hand that is working. At the end of the month, you are giving a salary of 3,000, 2,000, 1,000. Some are even giving less than 1,000. And you carry God's favor. You carry God's presence. So you are being paid for all those glory, all those grace upon your life. is is so expensive that it is costing you 1,000 Ghana cities for 31 days. Am I saying you should quit your job? No. Am I saying you lose your job? No. But how... Do you remain in struggle with so much grace and favor upon your life? One of the things favor does is that your hands are never empty. All right? People begin to give you and entrust things to you. Favor should make someone who, if, you are, if your hands are empty, then either you lack favor or you don't understand what to do with the favor upon you. 
Don't get it wrong. Favor can be upon you and yet you are stranded and the favor is not the problem. But the duty of favor is to make sure your hands are not empty. That is the first assignment of favor. Exodus 30, 21. Exodus 30, 21. That is the first assignment of favor to make sure that your hands are not empty. The moment your hands are empty, two things are involved. You don't know that you have favor or you are not utilizing the favor properly. People begin to give you or entrust things to you. Some, suddenly somebody comes and said, I have some goose. I brought what a million dollars. I want to give it to you to sell. Sell it and let's share the profit. Suddenly somebody comes. I have this $10,000. I don't have need for it right now. Do you, will you, do you need it for anything? Take this money. Use it. I will come and take it in one year time. This is now the money you are supposed to take as a loan with so much collateral. You are getting it now as a loan without a collateral, without any pressure, nothing. I will need it in one year time, in two years time. But lots of believers will not still know how to utilize such favor. The next thing they remember is, ah, I just remembered that my father's house, the roof has spoiled. They go and change the roof. I just remembered I have not bought shoe. They go and buy shoe. The reason why some people are in debt now, the reason why they are in debt now, they took loan for business, but they used the money to solve family problem. What, what happened to your brain? You took loan for business and carried the money to solve family problem. Was that the first essence of loan? Some took loan, and the next thing they did was they started using the loan to pay to uh, uh, to sow seed to pay tight. That's not the essence of loan. No, when you take loan for business, you accept your faith is extreme. You choose for your own personal reason. You don't pay tight out of loan you took for business. No. If your faith agrees in it, me I will do it. That is me. But that is not is not by blicker for me. For my level of faith and my level of understanding, I will do it. I don't have reason to take loan in the first place, but I will do it. Understanding certain principles. But it's not the right thing to do. You now remember, ah, now it's time to vow, vow in church. Oh, yeah. And you, you know it was a loan. Not out of your profit, too. No. Capital loan, capital loan. You are carrying it to your destiny. You see, your father has broken his leg in the village. They say your mother's brother's child has swallowed needle. They say that your sister's baby's daughter's child has. Have you forgotten the money that is your in your hand? Does not mean it's yours. A lot of believers are not wise. A lot of believers, they are not wise. And this is where a lot of a lot of you now you are in debt: ten thousand, five thousand, twenty thousand, fifteen thousand, two thousand. And can I shock you? Problem not the finish. As you use that money to solve problem, another problem will come. Two things. Either you will take another loan to add up to solve the, the other problem, or you will die inside the problem. But that, listen, listen, that a problem you should learn to remove your hand from. It, it will not kill you. Somebody, I'm sure some of you have seen such quiz on your Facebook or something, and you just got a, a lottery of one million dollar, and your grand, your grandmother, or your your grandmother or your grandfather who is 90 years old is sick, 
and the kidney is bad and they say you have to do a surgery with 99 million and uh, 99 million dollar what will you do what is what is grandma at the age of 90 doing with new kidney of 99 million what is grandma we at the age of 90 doing with kidney of 99 million if family cannot gather money to save her she has she have lived enough she have eaten enough she has drunk enough please get my contest now get my i'm not saying i hate old people i'm not saying old people should die please get my contest are you following me don't get me wrong i was talking to somebody we were talking about the person's finances and we talked and talked and talked and talked. She was talking how she's in debt. I should pray. God should do it. I said, okay, let's talk. How did you get into this debt? Most of the debt were all came from a father's sickness. My question I asked her was, are you the only child? She said, no. So how come you are in such debt? She was confused. The reason why some of your siblings are not actually working hard is that the moment they cry, yeah, oh yeah, you, El Shaddai, El Shaddai, Afandon, Omega, help out, destiny help out of the family. You have run to go and take a loan, oh yeah, jump into the problem. So you are choking and you are dying and you are smiling. You are choking and you are dying and yet you are smiling. There are some problems you should learn to remove your hand inside. Give your own part. Ah, family roof just fell. You don't even own your own house. You have no land yet. You, have no, you can't sustain, you can't take care of yourself well. And the next thing you are taking loan to go fish family roof. When the family has, your father have over 30 wives. They have over 15 children. If I don't do it, who else will do it? Not now, not now, not now. Stand first, not now. If what you can offer now is 20 CDs, do it. If what you can offer now is 100 CDs, do it. Put, give your part. Everybody should bring their part. They don't do it. Let it be like that. Stand. Most of you are bearing burdens that are not your size. This is why you are in debt. This is why you are poor. The sign of God's favor upon your life is that you should not be empty. Either people are giving to you or are entrusting things to your hand that should bring you provision. There are most of you listening to me now. People have given you shops to manage and you use all their money to solve family problems and they chase you out. People have give, employed you in their business and you squander their money. You are under the sound of my voice now. You are listening to me. People have trusted you, gave you goods to sell. Sell this goods. It's favor. Favor is not only dashing you money. Joseph was, he, the house was entrusted to him. People give you goods without collecting money from you. So, okay, take this goods, sell it, return my money. But after they gave it to you, after one time or two times, even the first one, you did not return their money. They, they carry it to police. You will not say the person is wicked. What are you saying? Do I waste in favor? Favor is not always money coming to you. Favor can put goose in your hand that you, you were supposed to buy with so much money. Without capital, they gave it to you. Are you getting what I'm saying at all? Am I talking to somebody? They gave it to you. Gave you a shop. Gave you goods. Gave you product. Say, sell it. Take the profit. Bring it back. That is favor. 
That is favor. And lots of you have been given such opportunity. You messed it up. You ate the person's capital, ate the profit, spoiled everything. And now at the end of the day, all of the doors, you have blocked it and you are saying, I don't know what is wrong with me. Oh God, where are you? There is nothing wrong with God. The hand of God is upon you. Favor is upon you. But you are just not smart. Nobody wants to entrust things to a waster. You must prove to be fruitful. Nobody, even God, will not entrust things to a waster. Even God, even God will not entrust things to a waster. The moment God sees the spirit of waste upon you, God begins to keep provision away from you. If you are listening to me, you don't know how to manage things. You don't know how to save. You don't know how to organize. Check yourself. You will always be broke. God will keep things from you. Look at what Jesus said. He said, to him that have, much will be given to him. And to him that have not, the little you have will be taken and be given to the one that have. In John chapter 6, after he had fed 5,000, he said, gather up the fragment. Gather. God hates waste. God hates waste. Anywhere God sends waste, God take what, he take what you have, give it to somebody else, and make sure nothing comes to you anymore. Some of you are wasting relationships. Some of you are wasting jobs, wasting money, wasting opportunities. Some of you, the kind of opportunity you have now, if somebody has had it, they would have been millionaires. The kind of contact you have, the kind of people you have spoken with, if somebody else had been with them, they would have been, they would have been at, in, a, in a big place. But you are still ro rolling around, rolling, and you are still waiting for help to come. What is wrong with us? Exodus 32, can you help me report that scripture? Help me report that scripture. Favor, make sure your hand is not empty. And I will give these people favor in the sight of the Egyptians and it, it shall come to pass that when ye go, ye shall not go empty. That is the duty of favor. Potiphar put everything in the hand of Joseph. So for Joseph to have remained a slave, it was part of his own dealing. I know we're going to give excuse. Oh, but if Joseph left, um, he wouldn't have been able to enter prison and get to um, um, Pharaoh's house. Listen to me, the prison was not necessary. And this is why a lot of you are managing your suffering because you feel you have to enter the pit, you have to go through prison, you have to go through this, you have to meet the butler, you have to meet the baker. You might die in the prison. You might die there. You might die there. The prison is not a must cause that you must study to get to Pharaoh's house. The prison is not a cause that you must study to get to Pharaoh's house. You can enter Pharaoh's house on suit. You can enter Pharaoh's house on suit. You can enter Pharaoh's house with your, with your car. You can enter Pharaoh's house well-dressed and both of you are talking on a different class. God only had to use what was available. God brought him there for him to use the favor he has put in his hand to pull him out of the struggle. But the young man was blind until an insurrection came up again through Potiphar's wife. He ended in the prison. God had to now use that atmosphere. It was not necessary. 
It was not part of the plan. Stop thinking you need to suffer before life will work. You need to go through pain. You need to stop thinking that way. Stop it. That God has to bring you through persecution. He has to bring you this. Oh, I know this suffering is for my lift. Stop it. How many years do you have here more to live? If you have to go through Joseph's pattern. Joseph was still very young, 17. You're already 40. And now you want to enter the pit. When will you serve Potiphar? When will you enter prison? Do you know how long Joseph stayed there? It was all a journey. When he met Pharaoh, he was 30. So it was a journey of 13 years. From the day his brother sold him till the day he came out of prison. 13 years. If you enter prison at this age, don't you know when you will come out? Stop that kind of mindset that God has to take you through certain kind of nonsense before you now come out and enter. Stop it! The favor of God is upon your life. God is bringing opportunity. Stop being empty. Stop making yourself empty. Utilize God's favor well. Some of you listening to me, the help, your helpers are tired. You are not wise. Your helpers, they are tired. Anybody who keeps coming back for help on the same issue is not a wise person. Your rent was paid a year ago. After one year, you still want rent. The next one year, you want rent. You are not wise. Your children's school fees was, you have to borrow money to pay one year ago. Next year, you have to borrow school fees to pay. You are not wise. There is a common understanding that rent expires every year. Some is every three years, every four years. There's a common understanding that you pay school fees every time. There's a common understanding. Wisdom should tell you that your health is not in your control. No matter your fasting and prayer, thank God for divine healing. But if you don't do the certain right thing, keep certain right atmosphere, your health is not in your control. You can get sick. There is no provision. So you get sick, you have to borrow drugs or borrow money to buy drugs. So you are always in a place where you are always empty. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. Stop pointing your fingers to the witches, to the wizards. Knock your brain. The brain, something is wrong. So if you listening to me, what I'm saying, you know it. People have entrusted things to you. Anything you want, they have told you. Some have told you, anything you want, I will do it. Where, where, where are you now? And they actually supported you. The man of God was giving a story. How he, he was to meet Pastor Chris. And they told him, see, as you meet Pastor Chris, anything you want, tell him. He just gave somebody $5 million to build a church. He gave another person $2 million. He gave another person $1 million. Anything you want, tell him. And that man walked in there and he said to Pastor Chris, all I want from you, when you want to call me, don't call me prophet. Call me my name directly. You don't understand. You don't understand. You think Pastor Chris giving him microphone to prophesy? You think he's the only prophet following Pastor Chris? No. He's not the only prophet that is a son to Pastor Chris. He's not the only prophet that is a son that is close, that is known. No. No. There are prophets, known prophets. But a man brought wisdom to the table. Acted like a child. 
And let me shock you. That man will get what more than five million dollars. He will get opportunities. He will get contact. He gave a testimony how a Christ embassy member came to give him a seed in millions. What he would have demanded from the father, another son brought it. Some of you have come to the table of favor. You wasted it out of greed and senselessness. And the next thing, you come back from Potiphar's house, you end up in the prison. And you say, Lord, where are you? God did not go anywhere. God did not go anywhere. Your brain is blocked. That man has gotten contact of more than that $5 million. He has gotten the influence, their connections, followers. Lord of Christ, ever since member now, not trust him more. A lot of them now, and I see his picture as DP on Facebook and all of that and all of it. They now trust, they trust him more. Some will go to him for prayer. Some will give seed. Some will enter business deals with him, contracts. You will get more than that money. A man brought wisdom to the table. I say, I don't want money. I don't want anything. Don't even call me prophet. Just call me my name. See me as your child. Do you know what that means? That's an inheritance. Let me become your inheritor. Let me become your inheritor. Enlist me in your inheritance. That's what it means. Let me become your child. Enlist me in your inheritance. If I have your inheritance, I will get what you carry. To be stranded is not part of God's plan for your life. Yes, God knows how to use you find, you, you find yourself there by your own dealings, by your own wrong choices, by your own wrong decisions, into bad marriage, into bad jobs, into bad locations. God knows how to sometimes use it and bring you out and put you. And I say, ah, if not for that, no. If not for that, you would have been fine. If not for that, you can still go up. Am I making sense to somebody this morning? Daniel chapter 1 verse 9. Daniel chapter 1 verse 9. Daniel chapter 1 verse 9. Favor, don't forget this. Favor does not always or only bring cash to your hand. Favor does not only or always bring cash to your hand but the end product is that you should not be stranded that is the topic that is what favor is all about dear brother joseph and sister joseph listening to me this morning how come you are still a slave despite potiphar have now put everything in your hand ask jacob when laban put everything in jacob's hand you know what happened to jacob you, you know. You know how Jacob got multiplied. Laban shouted. He shouted, ah, this guy is too smart. And the same person under the covenant of Abraham, a son of Jacob, was inside such slavery. And yet the favor of God was so much. Divine presence was so much. Look at Daniel chapter 1 verse 9. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuch. The favor that God gave to Daniel here was not money. At this point, you were to be forced to eat food brought by the king. And those food were offered to their idol. Those food were polluted. Those food were controlled by their deity. 
So the favor that Daniel had, Daniel had to now require the eunuch. Say, please, don't feed us. If you read verse, from verse 8 now, Bible said, Daniel did not agree to eat the king's meat. All right? Daniel did not agree to, because he understood that that food would quench his spiritual life. That food will stop his senses. He knew. That food will make him not to be able to fellowship with God well. That food will pollute his spirit. So, the what God did for him, God gave him favor with the eunuch that served the food. And Daniel said, I have a request. I wish somebody can, as I give, get me that reference, the chapter 8. Don't wait now. That means you guys should know what to do. Bring the chapter, uh, verse 8. Daniel proposed it is hard not to defile himself with the king's meat with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuch that he might not defile himself. And listen, according to the law, you have no choice. You're going to continue verse 10 for me in a moment. Get it ready. You're going to continue verse 10. You have no choice. You must eat it. And the food has already been polluted. So if you eat it, your spirit also gets polluted. So the spirit that is at work in you will no more be the spirit of God. So what did God do? In verse 9, God now gave Daniel favor that Daniel, whatever you would ask of this guy, he will give it to you. Daniel would have said, okay, give me money or give me, I want chicken lap. I want big lap. Look at what Daniel at. Verse 10, let's go quick, quick. Verse 10, verse 10. And the prince of the eunuch said unto Daniel, I fear my Lord, the King, who had appointed your meat and your drink, for why should he see your face, your faces worse likened than the children which are of your sort? Then shall ye make me endanger my head to the king. Continue, continue. Continue quick, continue. Then said Daniel to Meza, whom the prince of the eunuch had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Prove thy servant, I beseech thee ten days, and let them give us pause to eat and water to drink. Give me the next. The next. Then let our countenance be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat, as thou settest. Deal with thy servant. So he consented to them in this manner. And Prove them 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, their countenance appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the kingdom. So you see that Daniel's request was granted. Daniel could have as well said, I want money. I want big, big meat. I want big, big. But Daniel knew this thing was polluted. All I need now is not money. But listen, favor is not all about money. Favor is all about putting you in possession of things. It's not all about money. It's people granting your desires. And at the end, we know the story. Daniel got what was more than money because of this one single, this singular favor. Because of this one favor, Daniel got what was more than money in all his reign. Daniel got more than money in all his reign. We're going, to, we're going to go for that. You're going, to, you're going to find it. So favor is not always money. Money. Everybody you meet, you want to collect money. No. God could bring them to open a door for you. 
God could bring them to share a business idea for you. God could bring them to be giving you information. The evil plans around you, they are the one bringing information to you that look at, look at what is about to go on, look at what is about to go on, look at, and through that you are saved. That could be the favor of their own assignment upon your life. But no, everybody that come is destiny helper, you must collect money from. If they are not bringing money, you cut them off. And at the end, you fall into a trap. Oh God, where are you? How did God allow me? God brought a man that would have saved you by his information. But no, you were looking for greed and fell into that problem. You must understand God's seasons and dealings in your life. You must understand it. Everybody you meet is not a wife, young man. Young lady, every guy you meet is not a husband. Some of you, you have already gotten them pregnant before you realize that this person is not supposed to be your wife. So now, the relationship is not working. It's not a baby mama. You have one child somewhere. Another one you have impregnated. Another one you have impregnated. Another one. Maybe God gave you ministry for women to groom women. Right now, four is pregnant. And you don't even understand that it's a calling that is upon your life to raise young ladies, to raise women. But no, all you are seeing is baby mamas. So now you've messed up. And these are people who would have become Esther's of tomorrow, who would have become Deborah's of tomorrow, that when you need help, they will be there to help you stand. But now you have crippled their destiny. So you are stranded, they are stranded. You say, God has not been fair to you. Do you understand people that God bring your way? Do you know who they are? Do you know why God brought them? A young lady was talking to me one day and said to me, he said, there's no pastor that I have gone to for prayer that I have not slept with. I was confused. I said, I don't understand. Is this a testimony or what? He said, Pastor, I don't know what is wrong. But there's no pastor that I have gone to some, um, began to mention, I said, it's okay, stop. It's okay, stop now. Your case, now maybe if the babalawo that you need now for help is not pastor. You need a native doctor now to help you. I'm not sure it's pastor. So something in her, people that should set her free, people that should help her, the moment she come, all she begins to see is a fine boy, handsome guy. This guy is sexy. This guy is, that's, the, that's what they begin to see. Do you understand why God brings people he brings your way? Because you are single, you feel every guy you must date. Because you are single, you feel every girl you must date. Some should just be your friends. Because there is a business idea, one idea they will release. Some should just be your friends because their best friend is your husband that you will marry. Some should just be your friend because what your younger sister is looking for is in their hand. Some should just be just your friend. Because there is something your father will need tomorrow, they will be the one to bring it. But now you have dated them, and because that is not the assignment, the relationship will never work. So it gets broken. By the time you need the help, you, some of you listening to me now, what the help you need now, you know clearly it's in the hand of your ex. You can't go. Am I talking to somebody at all? Am I talking to myself? Or am, am I talking to somebody? The help you need now, the help you need now, you know, you know, it's in the hand of your ex. 
you know your ex has that contact you are looking for, that job you are looking for, that promotion you are looking for. But the first reason why God brought you to that girl, that guy, was no relationship. But now both of you broke up with fight because that was not the agenda. So now you can't even call them. Hey, please, I want that contact. Please, I want that uh, person. You can't call them now. You can't call them because you've already messed it up because of wrong understanding. Sometimes favor will not bring money. It will just bring good men to sustain you for that season. It will just bring good men to counsel you. It will just bring good men to motivate you. It will just bring good men to teach you until things begin to fall in place. Number three. How God lifts his men. Number three is his mercy. His mercy. Genesis 39, 20 to 23. And Psalm 102, verse 13. His mercy. His mercy. God's mercy is part of his tool for lifting his man. If somebody getting something this morning, if somebody, if somebody understanding something this morning at all, This morning, my plan was just to play an already recorded message. But while I woke up about 3.40 a.m. this morning, I was just with my Bible and praying. The Lord opened up this scripture to me and began to talk to me in this regard. That's how we are where we are right now. And I know for God to bring this word in promptly, there is somebody God is correcting. There is somebody God is redirecting. There is somebody God is re-instructing. There is somebody God is shifting their season. There is somebody God is bringing out of the trouble that they are. And I pray that that person will not be blind to this truth. That person will not be deaf to this truth. I pray that you are coming out of that obscurity. You are coming out of that mistake. You are coming out of that trouble. You are coming out of that rise and falling. And you are entering into the place of your destiny in the mighty name of Jesus. Give me that scripture now. Genesis 39, 20 to 23. Genesis 39, 20 to 23. God's mercy is the third point we are looking at as a tool that God used to lift his men. Quick, help me, help me. Genesis 39, 20 to 23. Listen, the moment you have this kind of understanding, you can't be stranded. When you hear men say, I can never be poor, they are not talking because they have some plenty money in their bank account. They are talking because there is a, a sight they have seen. And Joseph's master took him and put him into prison. You see now, the same man, who was giving everything because he didn't know what to do with favor. The same person that gave him things now put him in prison. Some of you now, the same people that have trusted business to you, they are the ones that carried it to police station. I wish there's somebody here that will confirm this prophecy. <laughs> is it a, I don't, is it, should I call it a prophecy or what? The same person that both of you shared business idea. The same person who told you the business both of you will do. The person brought capital, both of you joined hand in business, was the one that carried it to the police station because you spoiled the business. You messed it up. Some of you was not police. They carried it to your church committee. They carried it to family meeting. They carried it to elders meeting. 
because you messed it up. The same Potiphar, Joseph Master took him and put him into prison at the place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in, in the prison. But the Lord was with him. Are you seeing that even in prison? Listen, God have not left you. God have not left you. You are the one who just doesn't understand God's dealing with you. How to utilize what God is bringing your way? How to utilize the people that God is bringing your way? You are the one. God have not left you. The Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And gave him favor in the sight of the keepers of the prison. And the keepers of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. Verse 23. And the keepers of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. So, again, we see Joseph repeating the same mistake. Is somebody seeing the same mistake happening again now? Is somebody seeing the same mistake? You know, we have been seeing Joseph, ah, God put him in prison. God now put him in Potiphar's house. Then God now made Potiphar's wife to tempt Joseph. Then Potiphar's wife, they now put him in prison. No, no. Is somebody seeing the same mistake being repeated? Again, by mercy and favor, everything was being entrusted in Joseph's hand and he was still in prison. Again, I think at this point, there should have been a wisdom for negotiation. I think at this point, there should have been a wisdom for negotiation. It means that even the key of the prison door was in the hand of Joseph. He could open the door and walk away and go back to his village to his father. He could open the door and go back to Potiphar and said, I'm innocent and prove his point. Don't forget, Potiphar's wife did not just accuse Joseph one day. She kept coming. She kept coming. For once, Joseph did not go to tell the husband that look at what, look at what your wife is up to. For once, Joseph did not call the guys in the house to say, come, come, let me, come and see what this woman is doing. She comes every 1 p.m. She comes every 1 to be, so that he will have a witness for once. The same thing, the same error is being repeated. Now he's in prison. He has favor. He has the mercy of God upon his life. Everything was working again and he still remained inside prison. If you think that God will prosper you by suffering, then I don't wonder when you will drive a car. If you think that God will lift you by suffering, then I wonder, I wonder when you will become the president of this country. If you think that God, God's lifting upon your life is going to be by suffering, then I wonder when you will become that great man and that great woman that have been prophesied about you. Oh, can't believers go to persecution? Yes, persecution and stupidity is not the same. They are not the same. No, they are not the same. So what the Lord did here now was that, you see that, <laughs> oh Jesus, have mercy on us. You see, the first time Joseph came into a good seat, which was Potiphar, the Bible said the Lord was with him. God, he found grace in the sight of the master and God gave, he was well favored, right? Do you remember that? Do you remember that? From, from 
verse 1 of chapter 39. Okay. Now, look at what God said about Joseph. Can we repeat this scripture? I want to see, I want to, I want to open your eye to something now. Can we repeat this scripture? Can we repeat this scripture? Get me back the scripture we just read from verse 20. We're talking about mercy now. No, from verse 20, from verse 20 going down. Just let's take it step, step. Don't rush it. I just want you, I want somebody's spirit to open up to what God is doing or what God has done. Everyone look at this, look at this. And Joseph master took him and put him and took him and put him into the prison, a prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. That thing is not a testimony. Huh? It was just God trying to reroute something. And he was there in prison. Verse 21. For the Lord should, was with Joseph and showed him mercy. Now, do you remember that the first time Joseph entered into a place where God gave him things? God did not talk about mercy. The first time Joseph met Potiphar, that God began to grant him grace, show him favor, the Bible did not talk about mercy. Don't forget, mercy comes to repair things. I wish I have somebody who's understanding what I'm saying now. Mercy comes to repair things. Mercy comes to correct errors. So God will say, Joseph, you made a mistake. Joseph, you messed up. Joseph, I gave you favor. Yes, you were innocent of your Potiphar's wife did it, but you were not supposed to be dirty that time. I gave you enough favor. I gave you enough things to establish yourself. All right, now, because you have already done wrong, I have to start showing you mercy now if I will bring another favor. So the mercy was coming to repair the mistake that Joseph made in the house of Potiphar. So God will always show you mercy to try to reroute the errors, the wrong decisions, the wrong choices. But listen, mercy has expired it. Mercy has a limit. The moment you are not wise, you keep hanging on, oh, mercy, 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 mercy. A day is going to come. God will have somebody else you will need to attend to. While you keep crying on your ground of mercy, somebody else will have to take that seat of favor that you are playing with. So the Lord had to bring mercy to relieve Joseph out of that mistake. And again, in prison, everything began to prosper in his hand again. And yet, he was still a prisoner. Oh, pastor, what could he have done? He was just a prisoner. No, ma. No, sir. If you understand the law, understand the, uh, the, the, the security system. There are people who have skipped jail by choosing to become informants. I don't know if anybody has understood what I'm saying. There are people who have skipped jail terms, politicians, politicians and the rest of them. Guilty. Guilty people who have skipped jail and Joseph yet was not guilty. Who have shortened jail terms by choosing to become accessories to the police force. Some are even undercover agents. And Joseph was better than that, and yet he was still in prison. A young man in Nigeria 
who is currently in prison in the U.S. The story is not popular. But before he was jailed, his friend was arrested. They were all into fraud. The friend was arrested. There was evidence. There were proofs that he was into fraud. The friends said to them, I have a bigger fish to give to you. If you can release me, I have a big, I will give you the re cartel. We will sign a deal. I will not go to jail. And um, the US signed a deal with him. And he gave them the young man called Horse Poppy and his team. And that's the, one of the biggest crime cartel since after Escobar. That's one of the biggest crime cartel that have been crashed worldwide. And they gave, he gave that young man and he became free. And Joseph had a better wisdom. Joseph had a better landing. Joseph was not guilty of the crime. And yet, with the favor and the mercy of God upon him, he remained the prisoner. So the mercy of God is going to come upon you. The favor of God is going to come upon you. God will always use by his mercy to turn unfavorable circumstances to favor you. God will use his mercy to turn evil to good at the end of the day. But you, are you learning from the things repeated in your life? Are you learning or you feel it's just a norm? Oh, are you learning? You can't repeat primary one again and again and tell me that you are learning. Most of you, where you are now, you've been there five years. You've been there since I pray for you now. You receive the wisdom, the supernatural force to break out in the name of Jesus. That level where you have remained maritally, that level where you have remained financially, that level where you have remained in your career, in your business, in your health, receive wisdom and the force of God's spirit. I call you out of it. Break out of it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Number four. Number four. How God lifts his men, his giftings. God lifts men by his giftings, by giving them gifts. By giving them gifts, skills, and talents. By giving them gifts. Genesis 40, 23 to 29. Sorry, 20, 20 to 23. Genesis 40, 20 to 23. Genesis 40, 20 to 23. By his giftings and his talent. Proverbs 18, verse 16. God will always use his gift and his talent to bring his people out of bondage. And it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants, and lifted up the head of the chief butler, of the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again, and he gave the cup into his, unto Pharaoh's hand. Verse 22, But the, he hung the chief baker as Joseph had interpret, as interpreted to them. Verse 23, yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph or forgot him. So again, Joseph made another mistake. How Again, Joseph made another mistake. 
God has already given him a gift to interpret dreams. So all this why God brought him into favor in the house of Potiphar. Joseph missed it. God showed him mercy. He entered prison. God put him favor in the sight of the prison warders. Joseph missed it. So now God said, God said, okay, fine. Now you have missed my favor. Now let me bring gifts. The gift I put in you to dream. Let me bring interpretation now. So the prisoners began to dream under pressure because God wanted to save a man by all means. Some of you, you are, making, you are frustrating God. Some of you, you are frustrating the grace of God upon your life. God is in a hurry to help you. You are frustrating God. And don't forget, you are not the only one God created. A time will come. Yeah, God will still leave you there. He will leave you there. But we have to attend to somebody else. He will give somebody else the opportunity. And who make good use of it, rise to the top. So God now said, okay, let's utilize the giftings of interpretation. And I'll give yourself a, gift, a, a, a gifting. Now, this is the point again to realize. The first time I would have done a negotiation, I missed it. The second time I would have signed a deal, I missed it. Okay, if I interpret your dream, what will be my own share? If I interpret this dream, what will be my own benefit? I've suffered enough. If you come out of this prison, I don't know if you attend independent. Some of you attend independent square program, or you watch the program. Papa was to pray for a man. He said he saw a man from voter. He said he saw contract. I think it's from Bato. Yes, from Bato. I forgot his name. He saw the man getting a contract in millions, in a lot of billions of seasons. He said there's a condition. There's a, there's one condition for me to pray this prayer, that you must remember me. If you will not remember me, I will not pray. Did they ask the man for money for prayer? No. That is called negotiation. This would have been the time to sign a deal. Young man, I can interpret both of you your dream. All right, if I interpret the dream, you go. There must be a deal. I will not be here up to one day. I will not be here up to two days. I will not be here. As you are going, I'm going with you. But Joseph made another mistake again. The butler left and forgot him. He didn't forget him. He forgot. So his own case cry was out of English. They didn't, they, the Bible was tired of Joseph. They didn't know what to tell him again. They have to use on, on dictionary English. Forgot him. So his own case was a close case. Why do we keep making the same error? We need to correct the mistakes of Joseph in our life. We need to correct the mistake of Joseph in our life. We keep running around the same table. We keep running around the same cycle. We keep running around the same thing. We keep making the same error in our finance, our career, in our relationship, dating the same kind of people, giving the same kind of people the same window. You are opening the same space, approaching them the same way, receiving the same... Come on. A time has come for some young ladies. A guy just come. I say, come, come. Let's sit down. Do you want to marry or not? Are you ready for marriage or not? Because see, I've already had seven heartbreak. I'm tired. Do you want to marry or you're just looking for a girlfriend? Oh, you see, let's know. If you want to look for let's know, please go somewhere else. Let's just go somewhere else or let's just be friends. I don't want to attach my heart emotionally and the next thing. Let's enter deal now. Do you want to marry or not? Simple as ABC. But no, hey, let's give it a try now. Hey, let's give it a... You are at number 10 now. You are at number 10. 
and you always train men. After you raise them, they marry somebody else. Stupid men become become wise in your hand. They marry somebody else. Men who were lazy start to become hardworking in your hand. They marry somebody else. Men who were poor become prosperous. So listen, some of them, they are not just family authors and demons and witches. Abba. Is it is witch that powerful that God can't stop it? Is family order too strong that it can't be changed? The errors of Joseph keep running around. Check our government system. It's happening to Christians. Check our government system. Nigerians are the verge of voting again. And lots of believers are still supporting a Muslim. Despite seeing all the Boko Haram crisis, all the errors and everything going on, lots of believers are still supporting Muslims. I even know of a, of a pastor who is now a vice president to one of the presidential contestants. A pastor. And Islam has been ruling Nigeria for almost 40 years, if not more than 43 years now. And there's an agenda well known, publicly spelled out that there is a plan to Islamize Nigeria, then it will spread through Africa. Those who are in immigration at the border will tell you Ghana, they are bringing people from Niger almost every week to come and bring them into Ghana. Young guys, young girls, particularly the guys, bringing them from Niger into Ghana. From Niger into Ghana. What do, what do you think is going on? Some are being dropped in Togo, in Benin. They know the countries they capture. That the moment they capture these countries, they know how to take over Africa. You don't know what is going on. Well, they have nothing to lose. They are shoemakers. They are uh, people that condemn, condemn, condemn. They are iron benders. They sell rubber. They have nothing to lose. They have nothing to lose. They have nothing to lose. So the moment they say it's time now for war, just one news, war start. These guys are willing to kill everybody. Some are your gate men in your estate. Some are your gate men in your house. And Christians, all they do, no, we say no to Muslim, Muslim ticket. I agree with you. I agree. But where is the Christian, Christian ticket? Okay, let's support Christian ticket. Where is the Christian Christian ticket? Even the Labour Party that is the only Christian looks like a Christian is the one at the forefront. Some Christians are still fighting the person coming at the front. And people who are the chairman running the Labour Party, people who are at the top are Muslims, unbelievers. Are the ones that own them. So where is the Christian Christian party? So how do we, we say no to Muslim Muslim ticket, right? We agree, fine. So where is the Christian Christian ticket? Where is it? Okay, let's see all the church that want to support the Christian ticket. And you wonder why we are suffering every year. Every four years, we, we keep going around bondage. We keep going around bondage. We keep going around bondage. In our office system, the same things are there. The same things are there. So God had to decide to use the gift of Joseph. Since this young man refused to be smart. And he still missed it. And listen, God is so merciful and God knows how to work out things. What did God do now? God had to now create an emergency problem. In Genesis chapter 41, we won't be able to read all, but give me from verse 10 to 14. This is 41, from verse 10 to 14. We won't be able to go through. But if you are writing, write, you can write down or go back and read from verse 1 to 14. Pharaoh suddenly had a dream and... The dream, God made it in a way that nobody could interpret the dream. 
not the magicians, not the wise men, not the butler, not the baker, not Pharaoh could understand the dream. Nobody could understand. Nobody could understand. And what did God do? God made sure Pharaoh had such dream. And there are some of you now. God, today, today, this week, this year, God will give people problems that only you can solve. God is going to create problems in places that you are the only one that we have the idea, that we have the contact, that we have the, con the connection to be a solution to such problem. God is going to create that system because he still wants to help you. Can I get that scripture? Genesis 41 from verse 10 to 14 now. Let's read that part because of time. Quick, quick, quick. Shetepalatasos ketivredesis and listen, when the Lord is bringing such situation, you must be prepared. Pharaoh was wrought with his servant and put me, okay, if you, if you read from verse 10, the servant said, now I've remembered my fault when nobody could interpret the dream. Can we take from verse 9 for clarity's sake? I know some people don't read their Bible. Let's take from verse 9 for clarity's sake, please. Take from verse 9. So Pharaoh have spoken about the dream. Nobody could interpret. Nobody could interpret. Now, the butler who Joseph left, who Joseph helped from the prison, look at what he said. Then speak the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my fault this day. Verse 41 and 10, Pharaoh was wrought with his servant and put me in the ward in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker, and we dreamed a dream in one night, and I and he, we dream each man according to the interpretation of his dream. All right, verse 11 down. Let's go, let's go. Okay, that's 11. Now let's go, proceed. Verse 12. And there uh, was with us a young man. An Hebrew, a servant to the captain of the guard. And we told him and interpreted to us our dreams, each man according to his dream. He did interpret, and it came to pass as he interpreted to us, so it was me he restored unto my office, and he, him, he hanged. Verse 14, then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon, and he shaved and changed his raiment and came unto Pharaoh. So, you see, God had to create another window. God had to create another opportunity. We know what happened. Joseph interpreted the dream, and Pharaoh accepted him. God had to create another chance again. Opportunity does not come but once, not with God. I've had the saying that opportunity comes but once, not with God. With God, opportunity will come a lot of times. But if you are not wise, you will still keep rotating yourself. I don't know what they told you. I don't know that what you lost. I don't know the contacts and the connections you have lost. And you feel it's the end. It's not the end. But now, have you woken up? That's the problem. Have you woken up? I pray for someone here. Opportunities are coming to you again opportunities are coming to you again. The Lord is restoring opportunities. The Lord is restoring contacts. The Lord is restoring connections. The Lord is restoring good relationships, restoring good positions for your lifting again in the mighty name of Jesus. 
Listen, that you were forgotten is not the issue. That nobody is helping you now, that is not the issue. All right? If God causes remembrance now, won't you be offended at the person that forgets you for long? Some of you that have blocked the numbers of people that forgot you, you have blocked their number because they promise you once I travel abroad, I will send you money. They have not sent you the money. You block their number. Not knowing your foolishness might be part of it or there is a power. So the day they would have remembered you, they called you, your line was showing busy, but your line was not busy. You blocked them. So Joseph also had the skill of forgiveness that he was not offended. By the time he was sent, oh, the butler now came. Joseph, we need you. Come and interpret. He would have said, ah, for where? Me, if you see me in your house, cut my leg. I will never come again. I interpreted your dream since 2025. You did not come again. Now we are in 2075. You, you, ah, no. Ah, enough is enough. No. Joseph, forgive. He had forgiveness in the system. When he met his brothers, you could see that. That is number one. Won't you be offended? Number two, are you still in form to use your gift? Is your gift still alive? Have you allowed bitterness? Have you allowed weariness to now kill your skill and your gift? Because nothing is working. So now you have now made your skill dormant. Because nobody is coming to buy, you have now made your gift to become dormant. Proverbs 18, verse 16. Proverbs 18, verse 16. One more point, we are done. Oh, God, help me. Proverbs 18, verse 16. Proverbs 18, verse 16. So let me ask you a question now while we are dealing on this. What is your gift? I'm not talking about your job. Has your gift been built? Has it been tested? Have you refined your gift? Have you packaged? Have you polished your gift? A man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. There are people that have gifts and yet they are ending up in front of poor men. The difference between a, a shoemaker and a shoe manufacturer is what they are doing with their gift. They are both making shoes. They are both making shoes. But one chooses to make a polished and packaged shoe and to pull out, package it, sell it out. One chooses to be by the roadside and be piercing needle. Why that one is taking one CD? The other one is taking over $100 for one shoe and yet somebody would buy it. The difference between the plantain chips on the streets and the one in the mall is packaging. There's no difference. It's packaging. The same state, the same taste, the same plantain, the same oil. They went through the same fire, entered the same plantain, inside, inside the same fry pan. You now, the gift, what gift do you have? What skill do you have? What talent do you have? Is it polished? Can your gift attract great men or it will keep, keep keeping you around poor men? What is that thing you know how to do? Have you sharpened it? Have you tested it? Have you proven it? Is it still working? What is that product you can create for yourself? What is that skill you have for yourself? Have you created a network and a market that great men can find you and they can buy you? 
So you are not poor because God has not helped you or God made you poor. You are poor because you don't know how to use the common wealth of the kingdom. You don't know how to use your human and natural resources. You don't know how to make use of them. Don't allow bitterness of your past failures to kill your gift or to make your gift dull. Some of you can cook here. You go to food that to cook free food. Is something not wrong with your brain? Whatever they want to cook food in food that you are the one they call. Whatever they want to cook food in church, you are the one they call. Whatever they want to cook food in family, you are the one they call. And the wisdom have not demanded you to create a system where they have to consult somebody to get to you. Knowing that your heart will not allow you to charge them. So create a system. Create a system. An official system. I have a secretary. My company is registered. You keep selling that idea. The teachings I'm doing now, I'm doing some teachings, but the teachings I'm doing now is not supposed to be a free teaching. So you see that me, myself, I also need help. So, but the teaching I'm doing to you now is what people pay for in seminars and they are being paid for it. I know somebody who, who was to be given a ministration by a prophet and the prophet said, before I do this, you have to bring $10,000. Somebody I know, $10,000 before I minister this thing. And I have ministered this same thing to people more. I have not even gotten $100. He said, before we start, $10,000. That is, that is it. If you are not bringing it, nothing. $100 cry, may I not charge. A man's room makes gifts for him. Recently, there's a bash on a great man of God called um, Pastor Sam Adeyemi. They had a conference while he was in Canada, business seminars, minister seminars and all. So he said people have been demanding that the conference, the video should be out. He said, okay, he's going to open the conference materials. He will upload them and open them for 72 hours. And you have to go to his portal and pay and buy. Look at believers commenting. This is wrong. Bible says freely you give, receive. Freely you give. Freely. And I asked a question. I said, this is why the church will never prosper. People go to worldly seminars and they pay. Banks invite this man for seminars and they pay. But the church does not want to buy his product. How do they want the man to prosper? These seminars, over the years, this man have gone to business schools, he have gone to seminar schools, he have bought materials, he have been awake all night, all kinds of things. Dishing out this content that will make people great, and now you want him to give you for free. And this is the mentality of some of us that we can never prosper. If we are to say we are putting this class now, even the free one, some people are sleeping, it's now they are waking up. Put it now, say, you are paying a hundred dollars, pay fifty. Ah, for what? Ah, ordinary teaching, ordinary the word of God, and this is why our brain is empty. Ask those who are in public sector here, banking sector, and they all. They know how much they pay for seminars. They know how much they pay for to open their brain for the work to be productive. Corporate bodies get people to train their staff, send their staffs for trainings. But now the church, no, 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 no. Preach the Bible. Freely we receive. Freely we give. And we, kept, we keep short-circuiting the, kind of, the kind of wisdom 
Okay, Mr. Solomon is in the banking industry, you understand. Sister Chidebere is in the banking industry, she will understand. And those of you who are in, particularly in the private sector, the government doesn't really care much. They want just send it for one workshop, just go and work and shop. But the, those who are in the private sector, they understand this better. Because they want to thrive. But nah, nah, let's just freely we receive, freely we give. A man's gift maketh room for him. Many are poor because their gift and skill is not working for them. They are fully invested all their brain, all their energy, all their skill, all their gift in someone's else enterprise and they go home with a mere salary. And yet, it is their brain. They are the brain boss of the company. They are the brain boss of the company. And yet, they go home empty. The moment they receive $200,000, the moment they receive $500, $2,000, the moment they receive, they are happy, they are dancing, but they, they deserve more. Imagine Joseph in Potiphar's house. Imagine Joseph yet in prison. All the opportunity he got, yet he could not negotiate his own freedom. Despite the grace of God, the favor, the mercy of God upon his life. If you read the book of Daniel, if you read the book of Daniel, Daniel, I think Daniel um, chapter 2, this is Daniel 2 now, I can't remember very clearly. When Daniel interpreted the dream of the king, the Bible said that the king made Daniel rich. Not Daniel chapter 1 now. I think Daniel, from Daniel chapter 2. The king made Daniel rich. Daniel 2, 46 to 49. Daniel 2, 46 to 49. Daniel 2, 46 to 49. You read from verse 1, the king had a dream nobody could interpret. Read from verse 1 to 20. If you are right, you can write it down. But just give me chapter 2 from verse 46 to 49. The king had a dream nobody could interpret it. Nobody could do anything. And Daniel stepped in, interpreted the dream. And what happened? The Bible said the king lifted, made Daniel a great man. His gift... Your gift is not your job. Your skill is not your job. Your job gives you salary. Your skill gives you a future, gives you a legacy. Listen, nobody has legacy in government work. Let, let me repeat. Nobody has legacy in government work. You die or you retire, they employ somebody else. But your skill, what you build on your name and your family name, on your skill, on your gifts, is what keeps a legacy for you. Then the king fell on his face. The king Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face and worshipped Daniel and commanded that they should offer an oblation and sweet order unto him. The king answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth that your God is a God of gods and the Lord of kings and the revealer of secrets, seeing thou couldest reveal these secrets. Keep, let's go, verse 48, 49. Then the king made Daniel a great man. What did Daniel do? Daniel just interpreted dream. Hey, God. God, I've been interpreting people's dream. All Daniel did was to interpret dream. Me, I've, I've even passed dream. I've interpreted dream. I have prophesied. I have, I've had, there's nothing I've not added. Made Daniel a great man. Gave him many great gifts. And made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon. Because Allah, somebody put your hand on your head. 
Say, I cannot be stranded. Put your hand on your head. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I am too useful to be stranded. I am too gifted to be stranded. I'm too skillful to be where I am right now. Say, Father, give me opportunities again. Lift me. Give me wisdom. Lift me out of this level. The whole province of Babylon and the chief of, of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. Now look at what Daniel did. Then Daniel requested of the king that he said Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat at the gate. He knew the gate was his office. But Daniel was able to lift his family, his Christian family, his friends to put them at the top. This was the other mistake that Joseph made. When Joseph's gift brought him out, Joseph did not lift his family members. He only carried them to come and eat. Daniel lifted people. Listen, God needs to bless some of you so that you can be a blessing to people, be a blessing to the church, to the right people. Esther chapter 4, 13 and 14. Esther 4, 13, 14. The Bible said, Mordecai said to Esther, he said, if thou all together keep it quiet at this time. He said, listen, God will send help from another place, but when the destruction will come, you don't think you will escape it. Now God has given you a gift. Now God has put you in the position to save your family, to help people, to lift people, but you are there looking. You are there looking. Some of you, it's no money that you need to give people. Recommend them for a job. Your company have empty space. You have a sister. You have a brother. You have a Christian brother. You have a Christian sister. Listen, it is better I'm sorry to say, I'm sorry. I know that all Christians are not good. There are Christians that are. It is better that the wicked Christian eh, is there than the Muslim is there. It is better that the lazy Christian is there than the than atheist is there. Look at, look at, look at our political system. Look at our political system. Look at our government system. Look at our social system. You see unbelievers who enters, we take the brother. Who A Muslim will enter, we put a Muslim as the chief of armed forces. We put a Muslim as uh, um, the, the minister. We put a Muslim as the CEO. A Muslim will be the secretary. A Muslim will be this. A Muslim will be that. You will see the, them carrying themselves. Who goes up, pull them. They know that they are incompetent. They will pull them up. But at the end, they are the one ruling. They are the one in control. They are the one deciding. Now, the Muslims have taken their place. Now, it's the gay community. The gay community are helping themselves. You see gay people are now raising their shoulders. They are putting themselves at the top. Gay people, the reason why they can speak, talk at all, is nonsense. The reason why they can talk at all, they have men in government. They have people in, in, in as senators, as ministers. They have people as CEOs. They have put them in strategic positions. Look at like an, an idiot like Bob Risky. He can drive a Range Rover in the same country like Nigeria, where there is a law against homosexuality, and yet he, she can come out publicly and say that he, he she is a gay. And he, has, he lives in a mansion and all that. And they can't, they can't lie him and her and down and flog him and her so that him and her will decide whether he wants to be him or her. Don't be confusing us. Don't be confusing. Lie him and her down. Flog him and she out of her, him and she. And he decide him and she, who's him and I don't even know what I'm saying, Kra. 
But just let him and she decide who you are. What kind of nonsense? You see, him and she is coming online that you want to do, you want to do giveaway. You see, people, even Christians, are fans following an idiot. Christian believers are fans following an idiot for giveaway. What a shame. But what empowered it? There are people in politics backing that idiot. There are people, senators, who are part of that and backing that idiot. There are prime ministers who are idiots backing, backing that idiot. If we have Christian men in seat, that guy, that guy girl should be in jail. That guy girl should be in jail. After two, after six months in jail, with good beating, with in fact, if you put him in jail, people like him. He said he's gay, right? When he jumped the real gay in prison, by the time they deal with his bomb bomb, he will repent. By the time they deal with his bomb bomb inside jail. I heard of a young man in America. I was watching the interview in American prison. And he said that he's behaving well. This was a known, a notorious armed robber that is behaving well. Why? He said the moment you, you misbehave, you disobey in prison, they will put you in a quarter that is for gay people. He said he knows, I know what they do to them. They say some don't come out alive. Men will rape a fellow man to death. Say some don't come out alive. So he behaved well. He was a notorious criminal, but in jail, his brain came back. That guy is normal because he's on the street. They can't gather him to flog. Rob breaching cream. He's behaving like millipede that they put salt on. Nonsense and ingredient. Because the church refused to take relevant position, when we keep suffering these things in our community, and you see, you will say it does not concern you. That's what you will say. But these things are entering our media. They are entering our, our academic systems. Now, you will want to feed form online. You will see male, female. You will see um, order. What nonsense. God created male and female. There's no order. You will see order. You will see you, you choose not to respond. So somebody can choose to select, I choose not to respond. So you not get to the office. So I uh, will see your form and you choose not to respond. Are you a male or female? Say, I, choose to, I choose not to say. You say, okay, we understand. We understand that your, your search word, uh, this thing. What rubbish. If we establish Christian enterprise, establish Christian company, you apply for a job in my office and you told me you feel order. You enter my office seated, a full man walking like a skeleton, like an antelope. And you enter my office seated. I ask you, are you a man or a woman? And you tell me you choose not to respond. I will slap. You either you get out or you take slap. Ah! What nonsense. If we keep rising in our community because the believers choose to remain at the bottom. And yet we think prayer will be all that we cop it. I'm sorry, prayer won't save us. I'm sorry, prayer won't save us. Nigerians are saying to me, take your PVC, you are in Nigeria, go vote. Don't vote your conscience. I don't trust your conscience. Vote Peter will be. I don't trust your conscience. Vote Peter will be. Don't vote your choice. Vote Peter will be. See those other idiots. See those other idiots talking nonsense. They will sell that country. 
They will sell the country and we have no place to come. Ghana, your election is coming very soon. There are idiots now who are coming at, at the front line, trying to run, trying to... But you have seen the traits of their character against the church. They have spoken against church, spoken against men of God. Look at what Danakofado claims to be a Christian. Look at what the IG is doing now. Imagine having a Christian, imagine having a Muslim or an unbeliever as a president adding to the character of the IG against prophecies. Imagine what will happen to the church. So they can declare that no church will open on Sunday. For no reason, this Sunday no church will open. The whole nation, they can declare one Sunday. Just imagine when a Muslim becomes a president or somebody else who is thinking like the IG. Some of you will have reasons to agree with the IG. Uh, yes, it's true. Um, some people are prophesying. Yes, we... Let, let's leave this topic. Number five. I, I, I don't think I can finish this right now. I'm going to stop here. I can't give us number five. Let me keep number five. Maybe that one is not for you. Our time is up. I want us to pray. I want us to pray. I want us to pray. We can't take over like this. We can't rise like this. We can't rise like this. Please, stop being comfortable with mediocrity. Civil servant, how does that word sound in your ear? How does that word sound in your ear, civil servant? We know you are civilized, but you are still a servant. We know you are civilized. The word civil means civilized. Yes, but you are still a servant. Okay, maybe you are not aware. I just, I just told you now. We know you are civilized. We know, but you are still a servant. You don't choose to be a civilized servant, not as a boss, not as a CEO, not as a high-ranked civilized servant. No, it's to be under. And you are comfortable. If you have to go back to school, go back to school. You have to get back. This is why I posted all I posted on the platform. You go get skilled. Some of you keep looking for free, free courses to do. Pay for courses. No free course will grant you certification. It won't. Pay, pay, pay. Do it out of your CV. Get a skill. Get a gift. Some of you here listening to me, you are very good in writing. You are very good in writing. You can write, you can write blogs, you can write. You are very good in writing. Then why not take up a digital marketing skill? Why not take, it, take up a copyright writing skill? Why not take up a technical writing skill and begin to write blogs and begin to... People have been paid thousands and good money to write blogs, more than what you are earning in one month. Should you quit your job? No, that's an, a, a hall of influence for you. But there is something else you can create in your name. Right now, we are in a tech world. We are in a tech world. Skills rule. Those who have traveled to Western world will tell you that West people who are abroad don't go to university, particularly those who own the country. They don't go to university. This is why in the U in America, Nigerians are the highest, most educated people. People with the highest BS, BSc, the highest master's degree, the highest PhD are Nigerians. Second is Africans. The highest they do is to go to college. 
to get a skill. And yeah, they are topping in the company. So the time Nigerians are using to drag themselves, going through the schools and all that and all of it, at the end of the day, these guys will just go look for a skill, focus on the skill, learn a trade, learn a business, and they are at the top. Then they will employ us with our PhD, employ us with our master's, employ us. When are we going to be what? I warned my younger brother. I said, that university form we just got, cancel it. You are going to take a tech skill. Is going into full stack web development. I want to say, if I hear that you go to university right now, you are in trouble. Later, you will go, not now. Right now, go focus on full stack web development. Become a web designer. Become a software developer. I will sponsor you. I will pay the full money. My mother, I said, Shh, you people don't know what's going on. I regret wasting my time. I wish I, I wish I had somebody who told me earlier. I said, leave him. I'm sending him. Go to IT school. In one year, maximum two years, he has mastered his skill. Now you can be going back, adding credentials if you need it, but focus on this. While you are in school now, you can have your own company. You're already in school, you are a hot kick. I started IT, Comsha N+, Computer Engineering Hardware, in 2006. By 2008, I was already a master in what I do. People who finish, those in Nigeria will know the university I'm about to mention, BIU, Benson University, one of the top private universities. People who finish from BIU come to me for tutorial. I'm not joking. Abakaleke University, Edugu State University, they come to me. At this time, I've not gone to even college. They come to stay in my shop for internship. They come to me for tutorial. When I begin to show them practical, they are confused. All they know is book sense. There's nothing. Get a skill. Get a skill. Get a skill. Did I say don't go to school? No. But listen, the highest paying jobs now are not on certificates. They are on skills. Go out there and check now. Google it. The highest paying jobs now are not on certificates. No. They are not in BSc curriculums. No. Go check them. Go check them. Go Google them. Whatever you are now, wherever you are now, you can readjust. You can readjust. Thank God for the schools online, project management, digital marketing, and all of it, you can readjust. While you are doing your job, pay the price. Go for those courses. Update your certificate. You can still be in your job and be getting, you become a freelancer to a lot of company home abroad, and they are paying you for your brain. Then you can. You are now utilizing the gift. You are no more laboring for Potiphar. You are utilizing your gift now. I want us to pray. Has, has somebody, is there somebody this morning that has understood something? If you came late, please, you will need to go back to releasing to this teaching from the beginning. Is there somebody who, who has woken up? Is there somebody who has said, God, now I know that I've been wasting my time? Is there somebody who, who is saying, now I know I can do better? Now I know that I am, I am more than this. There is something I need to readjust. Is there someone who has gotten a light? We're going to pray. The Father, as I begin to pray, in my generation, I refuse to be the problem. Make me the solution. One prayer, we are done.
One prayer. We're meeting tonight, so I'm not taking a lot of time. I just came to teach. Lord, in my generation, I refuse to be the problem. Make me the solution. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, as I begin to pray now, in my generation, I refuse to be the problem. Make me the solution. Baptize me with the wisdom to be the solution. Put your hand on your head and pray for yourself right now. Put your hand on your head and pray for yourself. Make me the solution, Lord. Make me the solution. In my generation, I refuse to be the problem. Make me the solution. I refuse to be the question. Make me the answer. Lord, I will not make the mistakes of Joseph. I will not make the mistakes of Joseph. I will correct that mistake in my life. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Lord, I ask, I ask that your light shine into our hearts. Lord, let this word become a seed. Let this word become a seed that we grow. It will not die. It will grow. It will germinate. It will bear fruit. In the mighty name of Jesus. My Father, I ask, I ask, I ask that this ones be lifted out of where they are to where they are supposed to be. May we become the correction to the errors in our dispensation, not the problem. Open our understanding. Lord, restore our opportunities again and help us to utilize them. In Jesus' powerful name, we pray. Amen and amen. I know you are blessed this morning. Go and listen to this teaching. The title of the teaching is How God Lift His Men. You will find it on our podcast in a few minutes. God bless you. See you in the evening. If you have an offering, go ahead and give. I expect you to sow a seed into this word. Put an offering on this word. Sow into this word. And I trust God for a turnaround in your life. Until I see you again, my name is Pastor Norbert Freeman.